Hey, welcome to one special edition of Politics Done Right. How are you doing, my peeps? How are you doing, my peeps? We have a new president-elect, and what does that really mean? We have a new president-elect, and what does that really mean? It means a lot. We brought the progressive movement, did its job. The progressive movement made sure to get the president elected, and the question is, where do we go from here? But before we get started into that, I have a few things that I want to talk about because there are some, there are some interesting things, right, that I don't think a lot of people realize. During, during the entire period of the election, there was a certain degree of surety. There was a certain degree of, that I saw from a lot of Trump supporters that had a strong, a strong belief of a strong win, a a, a win that was going to be astronomical, right? And the truth is, I, I wondered for quite some time if that was just bluster or if that, if there were, if that meant something, right? And it turns out that it, I think it is much more than we think. I think that there was, in fact, a plan for a Donald Trump blowout, and I think his people did a pretty damn good job of the possibility that there would have been a Trump blowout in 2020. I started looking at some numbers, and when I looked at the numbers, I said, wait a minute, it turns out that it wasn't bluster. What, these, uh, what a lot of Trump supporters were talking about, what a lot of people with Trafalgar poll and all these other polls were coming out with. They had something that we didn't quite, uh, I guess I should say we didn't quite understand. And what we didn't quite understand is they know their people. And not only did they know their people, they also knew something special. They knew their people's people. And the idea was to get their people's peoples out. How, where am I coming or what am I trying to say? I want to show you guys a few things before we really dip into the program, get a, for, a few more people uh, here. But I want to show you uh, something that I found quite stunning. And when I say stunning, I mean very, very stunning. If we take a look at, uh, let me back up here and, and pull out what I need. Because before we really get into and do the deep dive into the election, I think we need to show a few things. If you take a look at the 2016 election, right, uh, the total votes were, and I have that on the screen right now, the total votes were 62,984,000 and change for Donald Trump. It was 65,853,000 and change for Hillary Clinton. In other words, Hillary Clinton beat Donald Trump by about 3,000 votes, but the vote total was, or, or rather, the vote that she got was about 60, let's call it 66 million for the sake of argument, about 66 million people. But here is a kicker, and this is very, very important. If you now take a look at where we are thus far in, in uh, 2020, Donald Trump is pulling in 70 million people, almost 71 million people, and luckily, because of our activism, progressive activism, Black Lives Matter, and all these other progressive organizations really mobilizing, really mobilizing people, we brought out a ton more people. 
But here's what is scary. Uh, for all the people that were trying to malign, let's say, the movement uh, during 2020, early on 2020, when there were the, the, the protests in the streets and people were concerned about whether these protests were working or not, if you take a look at the numbers, if we had just had the calmness, if we had just not done the things that we did as progressives throughout this campaign, think about we may have had, let's say, a couple million more people than what uh, that whom voted for uh, for Hillary Clinton, just because again she lost it by eighty thousand votes approximately. Many people just wanted to say, "Let's go ahead and work on Wisconsin, uh, uh, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania." We do that. Hey, we're fine. We just need to kind of activate a lot of a few more people there, just a little bit more, and we win the election. So. Here is the interesting thing, though. Here's the interesting thing. Had we done that, look at the numbers. Donald Trump brought 71 million people. 71 million people. Had progressives not activated, and had we come with the normal type of voting, let's say 67, 68 million people, all those people that were telling me in these different in these different organizations oh no egberto there's going to be a trump landslide you guys are going to be crying you guys are going to be crying on november 3rd i mean when they tell you that a little bit sometimes you get a little bit of feeling like i wonder if they know something that i don't and i'm going to tell you something they knew something that we didn't but we the progressives knew we wanted a blowout type election. And that is the only thing that saved the Congress and the presidency. And here's what I mean now. This is quite interesting. I don't know if you remember that particular meeting that Donald Trump had with some big donors. Donald Trump told the bon- these big donors, hey guys, we think the Senate is gone. But I think we're going to get back the House, and the presidency. He was sure of it. We thought it was just bluster. We thought that was just bluster. We dodged a bullet, and many people don't yet see it. We dodged a bullet. With Donald Trump, so far, the counting is still on. Having brought in 71 million people, If we had not done what we did as progressives, we would have lost the House and we would have lost the presidency. That is why Donald Trump is so mad. He was sure, and we thought the sureness that he had was bluster. It wasn't bluster. They had a plan that none of us saw. Progressives just knew that we had to bring the people out. I think it's important that we really understand what is happening here because we really dodged a bullet. It could have been really, really bad had we not taken the, taken the efforts of, of what progressive says. We have to go out there. We have to be out there. Black Lives Matter. We have to be out there. Uh, uh, move on as usual. We have to be out there. We have to be out there. And that is what did it. And now Donald Trump simply cannot believe that their great plan, and it was a great plan, 
And Trafalgar, that, that polling unit that they used was more right than wrong when it came to the, um, to the house, the house etc. They were actually right. It seems like we have some callers in here. Let me go ahead and see. Uh, Cheryl wants to talk. Okay, Cheryl, I'm bringing you in. Uh, I don't know if your mic is on, but, uh, but you are in the room. Can you hear me? Cheryl, can you hear me? Uh, Cheryl, you're in the room. Uh, let's see. If I don't. Cheryl, you are in the room, but I don't see your mic on, so you may want to check your mic. Uh, what I'll do is I'll put you in the waiting room, and uh, you can come in later. Folks, you can, if you take a look at the screen, uh, let me put it on the screen real quick, the phone number, and I'll put it in the feed if somebody wants to call in and say something as well. I'll put that in the feed right this minute. Uh, bear with me one second. Let's get that into the feed. Okay, you can call us from your computer via Zoom, or you can also go ahead and give us a call, dial in 346-248-7799 with the uh, ID code 254-600-9091. Tom Hines, welcome aboard. Tom Hines says, how do you spell relief? You spell relief. Biden Harris. Biden Harris. All right, folks. So going back to what, what I'm saying now. So for those of you that are, that have just come in, one of the things that I was just trying to, to mention to quite a few of our people is that we dodged the bullet because for all those people who were saying landslide that we thought were that was just bluster, it was not bluster. They expected a landslide because they thought they did enough based on the election in 2016, based on the work they did between 2016 and 2020. They were setting up for a landslide because their assumption was that our action, the actions of the progressives, was not going to be successful. They thought that they didn't have, that we didn't have the people to match what they had. So um, I, I think, like I said, we dodged a bullet. And uh, interestingly, uh, we lucked. Watch, oops, I put the wrong person in the, uh, I, I think I put the wrong person, eh, let's see, in the waiting, yeah, Cheryl's in the waiting room. Okay, anyway, anyway, folks, if you want to call in, you can either uh, click the, the thing on the, on the web or you can go ahead and call us at uh, 600, or rather, 346-248-7799 uh, or you can use ID code 254-600-9091. Okay, I have some videos to show you here. Now, Donald Trump seems to not want to exit, doesn't want to leave the, 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 uh, the, the, the house. He, he thinks something needs to be done for him. Well, Jake Tapper, I have two uh, little clips from Jake Tapper that I think you like. Check this out. It's time to start praising President Trump's accomplishments. Uh, The Republican Party had a fantastic night, Mm -hmm. uh, other than at the top of the ticket. Um, They picked up seats in the House. As of right now, they've held on to the Senate. Um, They've held on to all their legislatures, etc. President Trump has a number of accomplishments uh, that Republicans can be proud of when it comes to Supreme Court justices, when it comes to tax cuts, when it comes to deregulation, uh, when it comes to criminal justice reform. It is time for Republicans to start uh, praising Caesar and preparing to bury him both, Um, because it is very clear what is going on. Um, It is not helpful, as you note, that there are Republicans competing for the MAGA voters Mm -hmm. who are ginning up 
uh, and following Republicans, by the way, who know better. Yes. Like Senator Ted Cruz, Senator Lindsey Graham, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, people who know better, who know that there is no evidence of fraud. That's exactly right. And it's time for them to come back to planet Earth. It looks as though the, the Trump era is its last throws. I mean, anything could happen, I suppose, but it certainly looks that way. And it's time for them to start doing what's best for not just the country, but also themselves. So the Trump, I agree with you that the Trump era might be coming to a close now, but the Trump grip on the Republican Party is nowhere near over. And that is the calculation that those lawmakers have been making for a long time. Exactly right. In other words, Trump is going to be gone, but Trumpism is still here. Trumpism will be here for quite some time. But, you know, Jake Tapper later on kind of laid it on a little bit harder. He's like, "Uh, Donald Trump, uh, stop being a baby because we owe you nothing. Check check out how uh, Jake handled it. Uh, it when when it was kind of brought up again as far as whether we really need a concession from Donald Trump, etc. But I think we should just recognize that there is a new standard that is being set by this president and endorsed by Republicans in Washington, and it should not be that way. Right. It has not been. He's that not way. a seven-year-old kid who lost an ice skating competition, and we all need to understand that feelings have been hurt and, you know, that there's some maturation that we shouldn't expect. He is a 74-year-old president of the United States, and he lost re-election. And you know what? That's okay. That happens. It happened to George H.W. Bush. It happened to Jimmy Carter. It's happened to nine other or or eight other uh, previous presidents. He's the 11th to to not be re-elected. His emotional needs frankly, are irrelevant. And I don't think that we should, I mean, I think we should note it because it's historical, but I don't think we need to bend over backwards and pretend that the country moving on and MAGA nation moving on (laughs) depends upon what Joe Biden does. Like, Joe Biden is going to do what he can, Mm -hmm. and if a chunk of the leaders of the Republican Party want to drag the, the nation down with them, that's up to them. Yep. Exactly. If they want to drag down the nation, that is up to them. Now, I want to run through a few more videos, and then I want to go into uh, what is it that we have to do going forward, progressives, because uh, Joe Biden is a great guy. I, I'm starting to see him talk about uh, unity and compromise and all of that. Those are all good things, but there are some exceptions that we have to be very careful of. And these are some thoughts I want to put out there for us as progressives, for those of us who are going to be leading the charge, because we know we had a lot of help for this election. We had a lot of help from Republicans, meaning in the form of the Lincoln Project, the uh, the RVAP, which is a, a Republicans against Donald Trump. And we had all these different organizations working together. Some were Republicans, some were centrist, some were, uh, and of course, most of it was uh, the progressive base really moving on. So what we have to do is uh, start looking about what is our plan going to be? What is our plan going to be going forward as progressives uh, to ensure that we don't fall right back into the status quo? So here we go. Let me just talk about, uh, it is true 
Joe Biden, uh, I think, and you know, I've said this several times. I think Joe Biden was probably that person that you know. And I'm a I'm a Bernie Sanders supporter. I was a Bernie Sanders delegate in 2016. I was a Bernie Sanders supporter in 2020. But I do believe that I probably was wrong in believing that Bernie Sanders would have been able to beat Donald Trump or that any other one of those candidates running would have been able to beat Donald Trump. I am humble enough uh, to say that after looking at the dynamics of this particular race, given the the ideologies and what people believe, and given that as progressives, I do not think we have sold our, our our correct values because our values is what... They all, everybody say they want. We haven't sold it in a package yet that I think is believable to all these people. I know a lot of people don't want to hear that. I think we have to be humble enough to say that we have a lot of work to do. So I, I am starting to believe that uh, that was the right choice. And you look at the numbers, it starts to seem, yeah, I think that was the right choice. And yes, the man actually did what again? The man actually rebuilt the wall. The argument that Biden will make and has already said is that he has rebuilt the blue wall. Yeah, look, I think there's some something to that. I, I've been thinking the last few days, and this will uh, irritate uh, some some Democrats, but uh, could a- another Democrat have done what he did here? Uh, it's I think it's very questionable. He did have reach uh, into uh, two voters and and uh, and and areas that. Perhaps other Democrats didn't, particularly in the industrial Midwest. And I'm reminded of the fact that one of the many reasons that Barack Obama chose him in 2008 was because there was this recognition. We wanted, we just parked him in those states mm-hmm. because he knew how to talk to folks there. He felt culturally uh, akin to them. So, uh, uh, you know, I think he has a, a, a real claim to to that. The question for the party is what happens post. Biden, but right now, he was the right guy yeah. to put this back together. His complaint about Hillary Clinton's campaign was that she didn't campaign in those states enough that, that, that you're talking about, and that's why he... But it's not just that she didn't campaign there. She really didn't connect there. That's right. And Biden culturally connected with constituencies that, uh, that, that, uh, that uh, she did not... He, he, you know, he obviously he got he got mamboed in uh, in in these rural areas, but he did get eight percent more than uh, than Hillary Clinton did among white non-college voters, and he ran up the score in suburban areas where uh, his moderation uh, was actually a plus with independent voters. A young supporter was asked about. If what they thought about Biden getting elected. Remember, what we are talking about here is what progressives have to start working on. What does progressives have to start doing? Here is a young person who understands what we have to do. Check this out. Here's a few young women and students who have been here since the beginning. So did you think this was going to happen? Um, you know, I didn't really have any predictions, but I, I think there's still a lot of work to be done. But I'm really happy that there's not a neo-fascist in the White House. And I think this gives me hope that there's still some semblance of democracy in this country. Did you, did you, are you concerned that President Trump is saying he's going to challenge this and he may not leave? I think the reality is that as much as 
Because no, regardless of the amount of fascism that will look, that he will try to put into this country, we will not accept it as a democracy. We are a democratic country. In the end of the day, he has been fired from his job. We are a democracy, and the people will always have the power, regardless of what he and his small pea brain would like to think. Really? <laughs> yeah. You seem pretty happy. Yeah, I am happy because although yes, Biden and Kamal have their shortcomings, this means so much for so many people, and the fact that they even want to place value on human lives that already says enough. We spend a lot. Absolutely. So, so what I want you guys to understand with these two young, uh, these two young Biden supporters is as young as they are, they understand something very important. Yes, the policies that Biden and Kamala has put out there, they're not for many of us, for most of us, not exactly the policy that will really leap us forward. They are pretty moderate policies, but they won the election. And we made the sensible choice to choose Biden and Kamala. Now, the question is what progressives do there forward. I mean, I want to read what uh, Kerry has to say. Uh, Kerry says, uh, I said that I am concerned about the policies under Biden, like the military budget increase, individual mandate coming back and not being strong enough for the Green New Deal. And she's absolutely right. She is absolutely right. Sorry about the video being out of sync. We have all kinds of technical problems that I'm not quite uh, aware of right now. But I tell you what, the technical problems will be solved when I, I, I go ahead and post-process this and cut out all the bad stuff that we have. So I promise you that uh, the second inning of this will be much better. But anyhow, so... What uh, Carrie just said is very important. She said, we're still talking about high military budgets. We're still talking about an individual mandate instead of Medicare for all where we, are, we pay proportionally out of taxes. And we're still talking about no Green New Deal uh, in the form that we want it. So what do we do? Well, there are many ways to skin a cat. But before we skin the cat, and uh, I want to point out one other thing. Because there is a... Uh, a, a concept of giving people what they want by interpreting what they've asked for. Thank you so kindly, Pamela, uh, Pamela Nugenjiri, for becoming a new member of, uh, of our team, of our posse. Please, folks, go ahead and click that join button to become a part of our posse. Pamela just did. Thank you so kindly for becoming a part of our team. Uh, mem uh, uh, Kerry also says, I am glad that Trump is out of office, though. That was traumatic. Yes, it was traumatic. And for those who are supporting Trump, they're not all bad. You know, a lot of family members support Donald Trump. And I get into trouble when I say we have to, we have to work with everybody. And that's what Joe Biden says he's going to do. What we have to ensure that Joe Biden doesn't do is in the process of working with everybody that he forgets about the ones that always get forgotten. And that's progressives. Let me give an example. We want Medicare for all, numero uno. We want the Green New Deal. We want uh, uh, reduced military budgets to be invested in things like education and otherwise. That is not immediately available in, the, in Biden's plan. Fine. Additionally, we have a lot of Republicans that, that worked with us as well to get Biden elected. How did they help? Well, they, they, 
by them supporting Biden, they gave a lot of other Republicans the, the permission to not vote for Donald Trump and some of them to support Joe Biden. So do they want their pound of flesh as well? Of course they do. Should they have some to, some as well? Of course they should. Of course they should. But what has happened continuously in the past with the Affordable Care Act, the policies that progressives wanted, most of it went out the door. Let's remember that. The policies that progressives wanted, most of it went out the door. That is why I said it is time now that we start looking for the policies that we want. And how do we present the policies as we are planning to give that first big move at the um, when, when Biden comes out on the 20th? The first thing he said he's doing, he's appointing the people to handle the coronavirus. Fine, excellent, great. The second thing that they're going to do, let me, let me make this clear. The second things they're going to do is they are going to create a new stimulus package. That is going to be a huge package because America is in distress. America is in a depression, but the depression will not be televised. And because the depression will not be televised, there are a ton of people hurting. Those lines at the food lines are long. Those people without jobs are out. Those people that are being thrown out of their apartments and, and stacking up, shacking up with other family members, that's what's happening right now. It's not making the news. You lose your apartment, you, you, you go to another family's house and everybody kind of get together. The people on top continue to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. I mean, Bezos made, I think it was two or $300 billion since the pandemic began. There are a lot of people making a lot of money on the pandemic. The people making all those masks, right? The people making all the, the, the new sanitizers, the people making the plexiglass, the people doing all these things that are investing in, they're getting rich. And a lot of people having to buy those are the people without cash to buy it, but they have to have it to protect their customers, to protect their families, to protect people. So there's a big skewing that's going on. That's why they said the economic, the economic is not going to be a V-shaped recovery. It's going to be a K-shape. Those people, those, the, the, the people who have price and power, they are the, the upper end of the K. And everybody else, the lower end of the K. And it turns out, if you notice when they did the exit polls, they did the exit polls out of the election and they said, are you better off now than you were four years ago? And people, 52% of the people said yes. And you know, the answer is there are in fact some people that are doing better. But there are a lot of people that only have the semblance of doing better because they are still getting, the, they still got the stimulus check. They're still getting that, that influx of cash that they got in the summer, right? Remember that? Your state gave you unemployment, but the, but the federal government, on top of whatever, gave you $600 a week. That was an extra $2,400 or more per month. That gave the semblance of things are okay. The income in the country actually increased, Personal income in the country actually increased. Of course, the deficit went to crap, but income went out. Now, that is panned down. There's no money going to people. So if you were to ask that question next month, you'll see what people have to say because there's still 
uh, over 10 million people out of work from the pandemic that haven't recovered their jobs and that won't recover their jobs. So we're going to have a huge stimulus coming in uh, soon after January 20th. The question is, what will that stimulus consist of? If we don't start planning now, if we don't start using that stimulus as a canvas to the policies that were neglected, then we are going to be doing the same thing over again where we come in at the end and coming in at the end mean we are not rewarded. And guess who will get rewarded? Uh, the, the, the Lincoln Project that are no longer Republicans, but they say they are, you know, uh, they're conservative, moderate conservatives. They're going to get their piece of flesh, guaranteed. They will get their piece of flesh. The people that are always left out are progressive. So what do we do? We did the right thing. We stayed off the streets. We, 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 stopped, we, stopped, uh, we stopped the actions that scared a few people in order for Biden to win. We did a lot of these things. We made it, we, we laid the path for Joe Biden to win. How do we lay the path for progressives to get their piece of the pie? How do we lay the path for progressives to get their piece of the pie? We lay lay it down carefully. We lay it down immediately. And we we start immediately tomorrow. We start with all our, our particular organizations starting to decide what is it that we want. He claims he doesn't want the Green New Deal, right? Fine. We don't have to call it the Green New Deal. What are the components of the Green New Deal? We, we componentize the Green New Deal and we make sure that for the jobs that we put into, that, into, that, uh, into the stimulus package, it just has the revitalizations of homes it also makes sure that we go into, uh, into communities of color and do the cleanups. And, and, and those are jobs created because we know, we know the Green New Deal creates a ton of jobs, a ton more jobs on the oil industry. We know that. But because of they don't, they don't want that to be known, they're not going to say that. So since oh, we won't call it the Green New Deal, we'll just start implementing component after component. So those are the components we put in there. Okay, we have uh, Superfund areas all over New York. We have Superfund areas in, in, in Michigan. We have Superfund areas in all these places, these industrialized Pittsburgh, etc. And in these minority communities, we get the investment in there. It increased jobs, etc. We have to do that for two reasons. One, if we don't show progress in the first year so that it is so that the economic benefit is realized in that second year we will lose everything in 2022 just like we did in 2010 so we have to start planning now when it comes to uh, uh, uh Kerry said it quite well when Kerry uh when she talks about military budget and reducing the military budget well guess what brother trump did Brother Trump made a deal, right? Brother Trump started forcing all these other countries to invest a little bit more. Well, guess what? If these other countries are really investing a little bit more as he says they are, we can invest a little bit less. And we should. 
And where should that money go? Well, we know where. Education. We know there are a lot of college student debt. You know, you, don't, you, want to, you want to say we don't have the money for the college student debt. Okay, we can tell our Republican allies, hey, don't forget, those guys are paying more, uh, more for their military, which means we, don't, we shouldn't have to have that much in, in, in these other places. So let's kind of back off some and support our educational system. When it comes to healthcare, uh, we fight. He doesn't support Medicare for all. We want Medicare for all. But there's a backdoor way to get to Medicare for all. And it's simple. It is how the public option is written. We need to make sure that they put no chains onto the public option because I think he will get his public option. He will get the public option because the public option is going to be used by private sector to cover all the sick people the private sector doesn't want to cover. So what the private sector is going to do is create a system that says, let's look for all these healthy people, you know, people that are currently fairly healthy, and bring them into our plan at a very reduced cost. And then we throw everybody else into the public option. And it's going to seem like the public option is very expensive because it has a whole bunch of sick people in there. Uh-uh. When they're writing the bill for the public option... We need to make sure that the public option is written exactly like they force private sector insurance companies to write their bills. But guess what? That won't have the private the the, the public option won't have to pay executives. The private option won't have to pay uh, for advertising or anything. We cannot allow them to have a clause in there that says because you don't have those costs, we have to have a twenty percent advantage. That is how they would that's how they write Medicare Advantage, which is Medicare handled by the private sector. They pay more to the private sector than they pay for Medicare and standard Medicare. They pay in when and by the way, Medicare and Medicare for all are not the same thing. Let me just make sure. Medicare for all is the best of all worlds. Medicare is still it's okay, but here's the deal. They currently, and this is important, very important. They currently pay more to the private sector for Medicare Advantage so that they can make a profit. So here's what it really is. It is corporate socialism. In other words, we are paying you more money so that you can make a profit on a model, on a, on a healthcare model that doesn't work. While the, while the public option has known of those costs. They don't have to pay a lot of executives. They don't have to pay for advertising. They don't have to pay any of those things. And therefore, it will be cheaper. So is you will eventually con uh, converge into a single-payer system because that is the only sensible, intelligent way not to rip off the American people. And... Again, it's all in how it's written. They're going to have, the insurance company are going to have all their people talking to Biden. Well, we can't do it that way because. And we ought to be there talking not only to Biden, but to the American people, explaining to them what the private sector is trying to do and how the tri private sector is ripping them off. And we have to do it in a, in an, in, in a manner that is consistent and that's hard-hitting and that all the different groups on the left, and one of the problems we have with groups on the left is we just don't stay together. We have to be of one mind. We have to be on one issue. 
and it will converge. It will converge into a single pair system, but we have to work together. And that is what we have to remember. We have to work together to do that. So when I talk about, uh, okay, we've, we've got the win. It's all great fireworks. Everybody's happy. Everybody love each other. Biden says he's going to compromise. Biden says he wants to work with Republicans. All that good stuff. That is great. But more than anything else, we have to be ready to go in there with our demands because I can guarantee you those people represented by the Lincoln Project, their demands are already in. Those people represented by uh, and all these different values, they are already in. I'm going to talk about the Georgia runoffs in a second, my friend. I'm going to talk about the Georgia. That's very, very important. I'm glad you brought that up. But before I talk about uh, that, the, the GA thing, I, I need to speak about one other issue. Um, we can't play, we can't get conned. One of the things that, uh, actually, you know what? I better talk about the GA issue first. And it goes as follows. We must try our utmost best to win both Georgia Senates. Because if we win both of them, we'll have a 50-50 Senate. If we have a 50-50 Senate, then we should be able, Kamala Harris become the tiebreaker, and we can change the rules of the Senate immediately. In other words, if we get the 50-50 Senate, it is imperative that the filibuster ends. We can't take nice words from, uh, from McConnell who says, well, don't destroy the Senate. Please don't get rid of the filibuster. We are going to negotiate in good faith. Ask Obama how, good, how well that played. Ask Obama how well not doing a recess appointment as well worked. We understand how McConnell worked. This isn't anything on our Republican and brothers and sisters. This is all on how they work. What we have to do, folks, is immediately, first of all, we have to, we have to direct, to, we, we have to be multidirectional right now. Policy-wise, we have to start building the pieces that we need to put into that big stimulus package that's going to be going out. But the second item that we have to work on is all of us eyes on Georgia. We have to go in there and get Asaf and Warnoff uh, elected immediately. Immediately we have to get them. And if we get them, then we must vote on getting rid of the filibuster. And if any Democrat then does not support getting rid of the filibuster, the next election, progressives will get them out. Period. Period. No questions asked. This is not a, we're no longer asking questions on these particular issues. No more questions. It's about getting policies done for the American people. Now, when it comes to packing the Supreme Court, we don't need to talk about packing the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court was packed. The Supreme Court was packed with a lot of, uh, with a lot of, uh, what is it? Unqualified judges, period. So we need to unpack the courts. And unpacking the courts mean increasing the total size to, re- to, dilute, the, to dilute what they've done. 
So I mean, if you have, if you put too much sugar in 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 a glass of water or or, or in a glass of juice, if you put too much sugar in that juice, you can't easily remove that sugar, and you can't drink it because it is too sweet. What you can do is add some more juice, and that reduces the level of sugar. So if we want to reduce the level of evil, you increase the number of court of judges to unpack the court. And at this point, terminology is important. The people who packed the courts was McConnell and his cabal. The people who want to unpack the courts are those we're trying to put into power. It is important that we understand the distinction. So that is where we're at now as far as I'm saying. title of the program today was, what do we do now? So if, if I were to itemize the, the things that we need to do going forward is, one, we have to be ready with policy. We have to be ready now. We have to use the tr- whatever transports given us, whatever, whatever, the, whatever string they give us to hold on to, to move things forward. We have to be ready with that. So we are the, the, the first big piece of legislation that's going to go out there is going to be that stimulus package. And we need to make sure that we are very well represented in that stimulus package, numero uno. Uh, numero, so that is, that is what we, are, we should be working on right now, right now. But we also should all have focus on Georgia. With the black vote, the Latino vote, and other and, and the progressive white vote in Georgia, we have a distinct majority if they show up. They showed up, but we still left a lot on the table in Georgia. Trump's people showed up. I showed you in the numbers earlier when the beginning of the show. Trump would have had a landslide if progressives didn't get the people out. I want you guys to understand that. Trump has about 71 million people out. Last time he had 62 million. That is of 9 million people voted for Trump now. About 8 million people now. 8 million more people voted against your interests. 8 million more people than voted for Trump initially came out to the polls That would have given Trump a landslide had we not done our job. Do you see the bullet we dodged? Trafalgar, the the polling company, knew what they were doing behind the scenes. They knew who their people were and they knew who their people's people who didn't vote were. They were granular. We got lucky. We were, I mean, Stacey Abrams and many others, they did the job. But if you take a look at the Biden, uh, what, what Biden left on the table, Latinos in Florida left on the table. Latinos in Georgia left on the table. Latinos in South Texas left on the table. I spoke to, uh, I, I brought Professor, uh, I brought Professor, I'll, I'll talk to you about that, the leverage in a second. But I brought Professor, I can never remember his name. I'm going to look it up uh, right now. Uh, this is a professor from the University of South Carolina, I mean, South uh, USC, University of, of California. Let me, get, let me get his name because it's important that you listen to that show that we did here to show, I mean, to understand that we bit the bullet. We almost, we almost 
Trump and those guys maximized their performance. The per the, is Manuel Pastor. That's the guy who came and told us about, hey, you're not doing the right thing with Latinos. And it showed in South Texas. Otherwise, we win Texas. It showed in, 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 in Florida. We lost Florida. Trump had his numbers game going. Trump almost did it because of the... You guys laugh at Q. Q, misinformation, and targeted Latino messages targeted black men messages, all these things he did to increase his position from 62 million to 71 million plus. I don't know if you guys understand what that is. That's huge. We did it. Progressives brought the people out. But I'm telling you, that when I went and looked at those numbers, that scared the bejesus out of me because had we not had those protests when we activated the people that we activated, had we not gotten into, had Stacey Abrams and others not done the job that they did, all my friends on the right that were looking at me and telling me, Egberto, prepare yourself for the landslide, they knew what they were talking about. They knew what they were talking about. I did a piece on Chuck Rocha as well. Uh, Chuck Rocha, uh, I, I did a piece on him. I, I saw when he, he, he said that on, on one of the newscasts, and I cut it, and I did a piece on it a couple, of, a, a couple of days ago. Chuck Rocha was absolutely right. So what I'm saying, folks, is we have a lot of work to do. First, we got to consolidate the base. When I say consolidate the base, is we have to atone to the base for, in a lot of times, not being there at the right time. You know, right now, uh, Biden... Biden went all black, man. Biden went in and he, he really galvanized black women. But in the process, he didn't look at what was distinct for black men and, or what was distinct for the different groups of Latinos. And that could have hurt us. Progressives did a great job. They brought it in. They brought it in. They brought it in. Okay, now uh, we are coming to the end of the program. Uh, let's see, is there anything that I missed? Any question that anybody wants answered? Anything anybody wants answered real quick before I close this baby down? Real quick before I close it down? Uh, do remember, folks, you can go ahead and go click on join to become a member of our YouTube posse. We would love to have you. And you can also consider getting my book, How to Talk to Your Right uh, rather, it's worth it. How to talk to your right-wing relatives, friends, and neighbors. I'm going to put the link in there right now. The link is right here. Please go ahead and consider getting our uh, that book, How to Talk to Your Right-Wing uh, Relatives, Friends, and Neighbors. You can get it at Amazon, or you can also visit our store. To, if you're not, uh, let me see, if, you're, if you want to join our YouTube posse, but you're on Periscope or one of those other devices, that's the link right there to uh, join us on YouTube. That's the link to join us on YouTube. If you want to get the book from our store, if you get the book from our store, we will sign it for you, and I'll autograph it for you, send it out with a bumper sticker, all that good stuff. I just, <laughs> yeah, Nanette, I need to move, I need to move to, um, to Florida. I mean, not to Florida, to, to, um, to Georgia. Anyway, folks, uh, and let me put the YouTube link in there again. Uh, that, if you want to join us on YouTube, please click on that link that I just put there. It didn't get over to Facebook. Let's see if it'll get over this time. Yeah, I got over that time, and my book, 
the link for my book didn't get over on Facebook either. What's going on here with this thing? Sometimes it goes, sometimes it doesn't. Here is the link to the book. Uh, let's see right there. There's a link to the book. Let's see if it'll go over now. Anyhow, folks, look, I'm going to be getting out of here. I just wanted to do this impromptu show because uh, with everybody feeling happy right now, uh, it's time to be happy, rejoiceful. We did our job, but it's also time to be circumspect. We have to be ready to keep up the fight, and we have to be ready for progressives to do what progressives need to do. Let me give my last shout-out to everybody. Uh, People-powered live streams, welcome aboard. Uh, what's progressives, let's see uh, Oh, you had one question What's progressives leverage to influence a Biden admin 2020 midterms, you're right Georgia first, Trump also broke an electoral record Yes, he did Yes, he did So we got to keep the pressure on, guys Nanette Bird-Smith, welcome aboard uh, Who am I missing here? Uh, Ivory Cool Slot, welcome aboard uh, and I'll fix the, the audio by tomorrow I don't know what happened It wor was working for me fine I must have screwed up something uh, Anyhow, let's see what else is here New messages Paul Mack, welcome aboard He has not yet been in Garnery Yet, so sh uh, Shut up Oh, you want me to shut up? Why would you want me to shut up again? Please, Paul Mack Please tell me why planning Why, sh why should I shut up as opposed to planning, Paul? Please, please tell me uh, why I want to know why I am saying he's getting inaugurated, but a lot of stuff gets done pre-planning because he's going to go there running. So, Paul, I I, I was leaving, but I want to enter. I, I want to, I want to actually talk to you if you are listening. Are you still here, Paul? Because what you just said, a lot of people are probably going to be thinking as well. Hey, he's not inaugurated yet. Why start doing what you're doing? And I'm trying to tell people why, because the planning doesn't start on January 20th. The planning starts now. The people who want Joe Biden's ear, they're on it now. Progressives can't wait till they have all kinds of plans done and then get on board. We have to be planning as well now. So please take that back, my friend. Please take, uh, please beware of what's going on. Anyhow, folks, we are coming to the end of the show. I thank you so kindly for listening to me. Again, please go ahead and consider uh, and consider going ahead and uh, joining our, our posse. Just go ahead and click that join button. And thank you so kindly for being here. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you know how I end this, baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.